I'm Nietzsche. And I'm Kelsey. And welcome to the Intersections of Friendship podcast. In this episode, Nietzsche and I share our experiences dating, and particularly dating outside of the social norms. Over the weekend, um, I was talking to some friends, and many of us um, have dated interracially, and so we were kind of talking about our experience and what it's been like for different from different perspectives because we each have a different identity um and the friends I was speaking with are um women of color um but identify differently when we drag that down a little bit further and we got into the topic of sort of light-skinned and dark-skinned um, differences in dating and cultural differences that are often not talked about um, mm-hmm. and the topic of loyalty within the black community came up and how um, like black men need to date black women because like black women are there and and not to deny this is the case but it, it stirred up all these emotions about like why why are we forcing black women into these boxes of lo- of loyalty like it feels really manipulative to like say black men you have to do this for black women as if black women can't have autonomy and independence on their own and fully recognizing the history behind some of the stereotypes that come with interracial dating i just i'm struck by whether or not we're perpetuating the problem you, you, ooh, mm, ring this bell, girl. <laughs> All right. This is about to be a tangent, so prepare your ears because I'm about to go off. Not you, listeners. I'm talking to the listeners. Okay. One, I hate the fact that black women are the only group of people who are damn near bullied into staying in this box of availability for one group, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to take it a step further. I've dated outside my race before. And the whole time that I dated and hung out with this person, I was literally berated and belittled by male friends of the black community because of the fact that I was dating outside my race. Mind you, none of these men would have dated me. Mm-hmm. None of these men were trying to hook me up with any of their friends or connect me in a way where I would be able to get with someone else. None of these men were hitting up homeboys like, hey, come on, you know, date him, date him now. Or making themselves available to me. So it wasn't until I started dating someone else and hanging out with someone else that it was even a freaking issue. Mm-hmm. By them or people who just randomly saw me in the street hanging out with this person, right? So let's loop back around. Recently, comments came up from a book out there where a black woman wrote, since black women are seen as the least desirable by standards of whatever, and Asian men are seen as the least desirable by Mm -hmm. standards of whatever, they should just look into dating each other, you know, because at least at that point, 
you have two groups who are literally being ostracized by the opposite sex. Women won't really date Asian men and, and men won't really date black women. So why not give it a try? And people, especially black men, were so outright outraged by this thought process. And the first thing I wanted to say was, you're sitting here getting the attitude about this. Have you ever dated outside your race? And I bet you 90% of those men would say yes. And 100% of them wish they could say yes. Mm -hmm. But they want to berate you for your choice because they feel like you're supposed to be sitting there waiting available if they should choose to come back around and look at you if they have to because they couldn't find something somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That is the most disrespectful and dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it's gotten me to the point where honestly, if I could, if I really felt this way, I'd just be like, I don't date black men. That's what I should start saying. And then maybe that'll probably get me. Like, it ignores the rest of your identity. Like, I, in the, the conversation we were having, one of the things that came up was some of us who have dated outside of our race brought up the fact that education is a bigger driver of those relationships, of having similar educational experience, I being able to be Access is harder. a bigger driver, actually, over so, education. Because I know a whole lot of dumb chicks with smart brothers, and <laughs> it is not about I, education. I think it's access. No, I agree with you. On the, on the like broad scale, I agree with you. But we were saying in our experience that for us, it wasn't... Like, race was something we saw about one another, and we mm -hmm. understood culturally about one another, and we had good conversations about that but that wasn't the reason we were attracted to that person and i oh. think the stereotype stereotypes and the way it's perceived is exactly what you're talking about and there's a reason for those stereotypes and for those to exist but for us it was like please don't we we, we want to redefine what this means because for us it was hobbies in education and i think we're doing a massive disservice in looking at interracial couples of, of any combination of people and, and cultures and identities and putting them like well they must be that they must be that because you're you're assigning them to an entire race of people I agree. and I, I just i i so the guy was the guy i was kicking it with or hanging out with or dating whatever you want to call it i don't know what they call it now these days but <laughs> the guy that i had gone out on dates with and i was hanging with it was actually more so our mutual access and interest in fitness uh -huh. um i was working out at a studio that i was shoot probably one of the few black women there uh -huh. if any and then on top of that, um, my interest when I was working at the studio, you know, being in the weight room, working out, lifting the actual weights versus being on the machines, that was a different demographic because I would be in there with nothing but like the bros. Yeah. And so that was, you know, a catalyst to our going out on dates and, and having certain conversations and getting together. That's why I say for me, I think it's more access, right? Because when you go, when you look at the higher, the upper echelon, and you look at, I'll just use black men, for example, because it's the experience I have of seeing and all that good stuff. With black men, there's there have been two areas that I've noticed that this happens with. It's they get money and they want to be more connected into that money community that looks white or is white. So they marry or date white. Right. Mm -hmm. Because now you have a connection to that community because it's your wife. Then your children, you know, may or may not be. 
associated with that community because some people may be like oh come in with willing arms and some people are like nah your kids are mixed they're still black you know it just depends Mm -hmm. um that's one level to it another one is when they get to those upper echelons especially financially for themselves everybody up there of course is white Mm -hmm. so the people there at that level are going to be connected with having conversations with hanging out with dealing with are white Mm mm-hmm and of course they're going to be more inclined to date someone who is white because that's who they have access to right Mm -hmm. then i also look at those are two it's really three factors i also look at the factor i had a conversation with a guy a long time ago that that kind of triggered this conversation thought a lot of people have negative associations from childhood of dealing with people of certain races and colors Mm -hmm. so when they get older they don't experience that person in a different way so their association to that person is still maybe what they experienced in their childhood yeah you want me to be more defined with that no i'm i'm pausing and i have this funny look on my face because i'm trying to decide whether or not to say what i was going to say on mic or not. <laughs> that's fine you know we can be open as much as we want and as but we're always honest um and i say that because even me like my thought process about white men changed when i was adult versus when i was a kid but it did not change until i was around them again in a significant amount of time and you know both professionally and recreationally that I was like okay they're not this thing that I created or associated them with from childhood but I couldn't I never changed that thought process until I experienced being around and dealing with them again on a consistent basis versus when I had that consistent dealing when I was younger mm-hmm. or even that from a distance and being influenced of knowledge when I was younger so that definitely plays a role into it too because you I mean you can dart or ask any guy and one of the things you might hear from somebody who's married to a white woman or who has money and is in that married to a white woman one of the things they'll probably tell you is you know well black women are this and black women are that and yeah, black women act like this and all of them are do this and that and, the, and it's sad because more than likely they've never experienced a black woman on their level who can show them differently because we are or they don't interact with enough or even if they do interact with one they still associate their actions with those negative connotations even if she is doing the same exact things the white woman that he's dating currently is doing which is sad so and i know that could be triggering and i'll be clear i don't think this of everyone really i know that this is just more of like selected and as we get further and further into certain areas of progress i guess you can say i'm noticing some shifts and some dynamics about this but these are real things they're still very tangent Mm -hmm. and actions and it's sad because on the flip side of that a lot of black women who get mad at black men for dating white or other women of color wouldn't date that man in the first place mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying or have absolutely no interest they're just in their feelings because they didn't choose someone black and that's so stupid to me as well 
Because like I said before, you don't know who that person had access to in their life. They could have been only around these type of people. Mm -hmm. So because it's quote unquote mandatory for them to get a black woman, they have to go out their comfort zone or go out what they know and find a random black woman just to appease other people versus having interactions and experience with the people that they've grown up around, known, may have had feelings for and appease themselves or or please themselves. Mm -hmm. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. If I grew up in an all-white place, I'm pretty sure eight times out of ten I would be married to a white guy. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I would be. Just the type of person I am. It's interesting you say that because um, I've grown up now. I, I've actually only ever lived in cities where... Um, white people were statistically the minority and I'm using minority in statistics because minority should not ever describe a group of people because mm -hmm. that's a derogatory term and I hate that is even used but anyhow I digress on the topic and I really think that changed my perspective and a lot of the the themes of the way that I we we talk on the podcast and the way that I talk on the podcast I think are deeply entrenched in being exposed to people who didn't look like me on a regular basis, on a, and mm -hmm. every day, and even within my family, my family has been interracial pretty much my whole life, at least as far as I can remember, and it's not one race. Like, there are multiple races exactly. in my family. It's not just left and right. And I am white. My Both my parents are white. My brother is white. Um, and so that changed and influenced my experience compared to like some of my cousins which I think we've talked about before but the whole point of this is to say for me it wasn't really until much later that I started to really understand what it meant for me to be dating men of color when I was dating men of color mm. and like why and how it, it came like, across publicly and, I would mm. be treated differently when I was with white men because it was like nobody ever looked at me when my cousins and I went out like nobody ever looked at me when um, it was with a white man that I was going on dates with. And the whole point of this is to say, I think access and exposure does change it a lot. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how we progress as a society. We are going like, to be brown. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, let's just be that, real. Like, Unless you're in the foothills of Utah. <laughs> We're all in Idaho. And even then, we'll infiltrate and take that over, and y'all just have to accept us. So, well, I think the <laughs> but, the 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 point of that is to say, or where I was going with that is like, but then language is going to become an issue. Then cultural values, traditions, and all I'm going to go and, and not to be funny anymore because I was kidding, but not kidding. Yeah, we no, will okay. be brown, but we ain't going to the foothills of Idaho. We don't like cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. But serious. Seriously, seriously. Um, I think another element to that too, and let's just be let's be real 100 about it. Uh -huh. Let's be a buck. Uh -huh. A buck fitty. Okay. I'm with you. I guarantee you, if more white and other men of color knew how to approach black women and connect with them, it'd be a whole lot more dating. Don't get it twisted. Mm -hmm. 
Because mm-hmm. all of it ain't just access. Some of it is literally, oh, she ain't going to want to mess with no white guy. Or she, she, I don't even know if she's feeling me. Because we do have a tendency to be like, I mean, you ain't all that. <laughs> we are the ultimate hard to get players, you know. But that's also de- derivatives of our experience with men in general. Mm-hmm. Our experience of familial units and seeing how those pan out and in, in how you're supposed to deal with men who are interested in even um, a derivative of cultural differences and not being able to recognize. Because even though interest is universal, sometimes the way people show interest is not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that can, and that's cultural, that's regional, and it's situational too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it doesn't take away from that person might be interested, but everybody, and especially now, I feel like we we live in a society of um, scary cats, you know. Not to be dis- disrespectful to anyone, but we do live in a society of scary cats. People being ex- afraid to go against the grain and really speak their mind or do what makes them feel amazing or to be themselves like yeah. if they're attracted Everybody's to somebody who's different than mm-hmm. them or what their family thinks is right for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they may do it for a little bit undercover or something like that but we we really are very timid about our own happiness in mm-hmm. this day and age uh i don't because we're also living in this time where there's this shift in dynamic of we have to appreciate everyone's feelings and heal the world and everybody is somebody and stop the bullying and all that, which are important. But what we aren't doing is still injecting an element of it's okay to feel the way you feel and prefer the things you prefer and do the things you want to do. But just understand that those things affect people a certain way and be respectful of how that affects people mm-hmm. i think that's what we don't do and this all ties in together i think we have so many people always concerned about being these neat tidy little in the box or that they don't and it's not because they want to be neat tidy in the box they just we're all all in this kind of like um it's almost like being pensive and afraid to do anything because you feel like one little misstep will blow the whole thing up. You know, we're in this time frame in the world where every little thing feels like if I do it, it could blow everything up mm-hmm. and throw everything off. And we no longer have the aggressiveness we used to have as far as figuring out what our next steps is, figuring where we want to be, figuring out who we are. And you can do that still. I think the bigger lesson is you can still be who you want to be. The way the world is set up now, though, is understand that your actions and the things that you do, especially once it becomes outside of yourself, mm-hmm. can affect people. And just be respectful of how that may affect people. That doesn't mean you stop being who you are on a positive note. But it does mean acknowledging that something that you may do could cause or come off a certain way to others and just being respectful it doesn't i'm not a firm believer in changing up your 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 yourself for others right mm-hmm. and and i mean in the example of what did i just ask you um this is totally unrelated but it's, i'm just using it as an example i asked you what pansexual was yes and when you when you said your answer was something like um 
male and female or something like that? I said that uh, so pansexual is um, when you love everybody or you are open to loving everybody. And I said, oh, bisexual. Yes. <laughs> I said, why should the body just say bisexual? And your response to me was, that's linear. Or no, it's binary. Oh, binary. Series, gender is binary. Versus gender being what? More fluid and on a spectrum. Okay. So, which is, so that's linear. Spectrums are linear. They just slide. Yeah, fluid, I get you. Fluidity, and yeah. you can loop back. You can okay. go whichever but, way. You but my point feel. is, that doesn't stop me from feeling the way I feel like, okay, you're pansexual, da da da. But it does now me saying, okay, I need to be more respectful of how I refer to someone who loves fluidly mm-hmm. versus just never referring to someone who loves fluidly and feeling like I can't ever say anything. It's just more of, Okay, now I know what pansexual is, so I can be more cognizant of when I'm talking to someone and they're talking about their sexual uh, preferences and they say it or they reference it. I'm like, oh, okay, now I know what that is. It's pansexual versus being like, "Mm, mm, I can't say anything. That's what I'm talking about. Being respectful of those things versus just shutting yourself off or feeling like you can't still be you. Mm -hmm. That's so going back to the to the main, main part of the topic. It's sad that we don't recognize that there's so much more out there for us if we'll just open ourselves up to it. And even mm-hmm. if we don't, you don't necessarily have to say I'm opening myself up to it, but stop allowing others to push you into that box and, I think and adopting that mindset. I never thought about it the way that you just articulated it with like allowing yourself to feel the way you do. And I think that's important too, is being curious. Yes. Like being willing to get to know somebody. And maybe you don't fall in love with them, that person, but maybe it opens up your mind or your thoughts or you meet somebody else through that person. And the idea of partnership doesn't have to lead all of your decisions and you can yeah. be happily single for a long time. And But this particular conversation is about partnership um, and dating. So that's why I'm staying in this framework Mm um but i think it's this like fear of true happiness too that also drives like that you aren't entitled to happiness because you've been subscribed to you know just as an example there are many life paths that people are subscribed to but like go to college marry somebody of your same race raise children have a home Get a white picket fence, like retire early, like all of these paths along the way. And of course, that's a very generic, like Hollywood. That sounds like the uh, baby boomers path. That ain't a millennial path. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. But, but I got yeah, you. That's because even point. with millennials, our, our biggest thing is really crowd acceptance. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Intersections of Friendship. This is Nietzsche again, and we enjoy sharing this experience with you. In between episodes, you can connect with us via Twitter or Instagram at underscore X friendship underscore. Additionally, you can email us at intersectionsoffriendship at gmail.com with any of your questions or comments. You never know, maybe something you share may end up on the podcast. Until next time. Here's hoping you have an amazing day and we look forward to having you again.